Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 830 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. A very funny guy, a guy known throughout Central Indiana for his humor, his wit, and, well, he gives free drinks to people that he likes. His name is Brad Klopfenstein. He's with the Antelope Club. He's also state chairman for the Johnson Weld Campaign. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing well, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for being with us. So uh, you are best known for your time with the Antelope Club, which is like the real-life animal house of, it kind uh, of, of is. indie politics. It's, it, it's, it's a... It's a bit of a fraternity house for adults, and a bunch of politicians hang out there. Now, people may remember your name around the state because you were the lieutenant no- governor nominee for Rupert. Right. Uh, I was four years ago. Yeah, I was running. How, do, how does that happen? How does Rupert, does Rupert have a conversation with you? Um, it kind of came about just because Rupert wanted to run. Rupert hadn't put a lot of thought into who his running mate was going to be. Shocking. But within, within, liber- <laughs> within libertarian circles, there was still a lot of skepticism on whether or not he was serious about this, whether or not he was just going to leverage the party, how libertarian he was. 
So he and I started talking because he realized he needed a longtime libertarian to be on the ticket, as well as somebody who knew politics, knew the state house. Right. And so it was a good match in that regard. So I was kind of a nod to the old timers in the party, as well as I was the serious political. Yeah, guy. because you're liked by like everybody, Democrats, Republicans, they all like you. I, Rob, I try to be, and some of it is when you're a libertarian and we only get five or six percentage of, percent right. of the vote, right. we don't have a big constituency that I can fall back on. So you've got to be able to reach across aisles because if we ever get elected, we're not going to be able to do this with a libertarian supermajority, at least not in the beginning. So we've got to be friendly with the others. Okay, so what was it like to go across the state campaigning, especially on like a $9 budget? I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's I was able to hit all 92 counties. Did and, you really? Oh, yeah. So it, and some there's a couple of counties that are hard to catch. Yeah, they are. Well, they're Blackford you, and Posey in particular. <laughs> if you blink, you miss them. Right. Well, and they're not on an interstate, and yeah, it. it I mean, it's just it's hard hard to catch them, and they're not near. It's hard work too. Oh, it is. It's brutal work. It, oh, you, the scheduling is amazing. I mean, when we started off, we had this grand plan of every city we'd go to, we'd do a media availability, we'd do a private fundraiser at a local tavern, which I, I run in, in um, Tavern League of Indiana, and then we'd all do a more public rally. Sure. Yeah. It, that never happened. I, I think that happened twice in the whole campaign where we're able to do all three on one single stop in one day. So well, we this is mostly Chris Spangle's fault, right? Spangle let, was involved. I mean, he was running all the other campaigns. We had our own campaign team, but it's just, you know. It, well, it, I'm it, always anything. looking for any reason to say Chris Spangle has failed. So, oh, well, sure, we can say Chris <laughs> Spangle failed. Um, it's. I, I remember when I was doing radio in North Carolina back. This must have been 2008, and Michael Munger, who is a big wig in the Libertarian right. Party, good buddy of mine, was running, and then he elected not to run again uh, after 2008. And I said, you did so well by Libertarian standards, why didn't you want to run again? And I was young and stupid at the time. He said, Rob, running for public office, statewide office, is really hard work. And I didn't get it, and now that I'm a little bit older, I do realize it's really hard work. Yeah, Rob... It not only is it hard, it's hard no matter what party you're in, it's even harder as a libertarian because you've got some people knocking you because you're even trying. Yeah. And it's not like there's any appointments waiting for you on the other <laughs> end of the election. I mean, it, we're not going to get some cush lobbying job because we fared well. I mean, basically, we go out, we get our brains beat in, and then we go back to our job and our boss is leaning on us saying, hey, you got a bunch of work stacking up. So, I mean, is it truly a thankless endeavor? Yeah, so uh, I was going to ask you... Um, a guy like yourself, you had a business to run. Right. Yeah, I mean, and a, and a, a very important business. Like, so, Well, I, and I didn't come to the Antelope Club until about three years ago. I mean, frankly, the election four years ago, it was not good for me. I ended up losing my job, lost my fiancé. I mean, <laughs> and this was all within two weeks after <laughs> you, the election. You're like a Bruce Springsteen song that played out. You lost your uh, job, your fiancé, all for the betterment of nothing, right? Right, exactly. So... Uh, what yeah. uh, did you lose your job because you weren't showing up to work or no? It it was a case where okay. um, I, and this goes back to actually to the smoking ban. Me and I had a partner and we'd owned a bar. Well, we'd sold the bar in May of that year. Well, they'd kept me on as manager, okay. and and I knew they weren't making money. And I think that they probably did me a favor by keeping me on. Right. But yeah. When the election was over, they're like, "Hey, Brad, you know the numbers. We're not making money, and we got to make some cuts." Right. And I was the first one to go, and the week after that, the fiance's like. You don't even have a job. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Get aggressive. Red Club and Steve—he's he's, uh, with the Antelope Club. Also ran for governor uh, in uh, in 2012 with Rupert. Uh, Brad. Uh, so the question for this is: Would you do it again? Because yes. there were some people that wanted you to run for 
the the big post this time, the Libertarian nominee for governor. Yes, the, and, and some of it is, and go back to four years ago, I'm still, I'm just now getting things rolling again. I would love to run for office again. This was not the year. I yeah. mean, we had several people who were wanting to step up who were well-qualified. Rex Bell, infinitely yep. qualified to run for governor. If he wants to do that, Rex, you know what? You're going to do a great job. Why would I want to do this again? Because there are social costs. I mean, yeah. there are some friends that take it very personally if they consider themselves a hardcore Republican or sure. hardcore Democrat. And no matter how nice you are to them, they think that you are somehow damaging them and the future of their household because you're running for office. But you're funny about it all. Like you're, to, You can't be too serious in this. I mean, and frankly, all it is, it would be like you and I running against each other. We get along great. Yeah. But... We, you say you have better ideas than I do. I say I have better ideas. Let's take it out to the public. Let the public decide who has better ideas. And then whoever wins goes on, and the other one goes back to doing what Okay, doing. so you get hooked up with Johnson Weld somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've I've been involved with the Libertarian Party for a while. and Because they, now you're getting, you're getting all the grief, but none of the glory. At least when you were running for lieutenant governor, you got some of the glory. This is an interesting year in that... With libertarian politics, we've always had reverse coattails. It's been our local candidates that kind of drag right. the national ticket along with them. This is the first time in my lifetime where the national ticket actually has coattails going down. And, I mean, this year's not over yet. Uh, Gary Johnson's polling at 26% in New Mexico, and he very well, well could carry that state. And I've seen a number of plausible maps that says if he carries New Mexico... The other two are within one electoral vote of each other, and this goes into the House of Representatives. So I interviewed Johnson a couple weeks ago. Okay. Very nice guy. Very found him to be a very compelling guy. Um, he's a bit out there, though. I mean, he's a little he's a little out there, you know. Compared he's, to Donald Trump? He's a little... I interviewed Trump, too. <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying, you know, there's... Rob, some, let, let's, let's dive into this a little uh, bit. I'm just I'm saying, I, liked, I like Johnson, but the open borders thing really scares me. It really scares me. If you look at it, what he's talking about is, he goes, let's have a wide gate and a tall fence. But I haven't heard that from him. I've heard free Here. flow of people from one country to the next that there is just come and go as you please. you got to at least check in and say who you are. <laughs> we'll do are a basic background check. But, it, but that's what this country is founded on. Ellis Island, you showed up and they basically said, hey, good to see you. We're going to change your last name from something we can't pronounce to Smith. But otherwise, <laughs> come on in and you enjoy yourself. Now, our buddy Lenz, uh, he had that idea, too, that you turn the southern border into the new Ellis Ellis Island. That's that's right. an intriguing thought process. And, I, and frankly, I think if the path to citizenship or at least having a green card was easier, people would do it legally. But we've made it such a hurdle that it's just far easier to bypass it and come in. And frankly, that border's not all that secure. Yeah. Um, okay. So you parlayed this run for – you were smart. You said, I'm going to – make my life miserable and run for, for <laughs> politics, especially running running as a third party. But then you were smart and parlayed it into a bit of a persona, a, a career, and now you get, you're on all sorts of things, right? You do radio, you do uh, print, you do all sorts of things. I I tried. Some of it is. I I like to think I'm a little bit well-spoken. Yeah. And I, I, I try to be friendly, and yeah, so it works. And frankly, the Antelope Club has been fantastic for me just because it was already kind of a political hangout when I got in there, I made it more of a political hangout, right. and it was just because those were the people in the circles where I ran. But it it's worked, and so now kind of it's a melting pot where everybody from all three sides can get together and have a drink and laugh and then go yeah. about their day. Well, and you do WIBC, 
with with Abdul. You yes. fill in for him. Mm-hmm. Do you like doing uh, doing radio? Was that something you'd want to do as a as a job? I, actually, I I would love doing it. I did college like a lot of people. You probably did this. I did college radio up at Purdue, and then I actually sold radio up at Q ninety five and X one hundred three, and the folks on uh, Fall Creek Road and voiced a couple commercials. So. I mean, I've been in and around this business in various ways for a while. You know, and I, I bring that up because you, in your field, and I'm going to ask you to take the Libertarian Party hat off. I'm going to ask you to okay. take the bar club manager hat and put that on. You talk to people all the time. It's what you do, whether right. it's in your, in your day job or this or when you're running for office. Where are people at in terms of frustration level with government in this in this country? Most people want government to get out of their way. I mean, that, that's kind of they talk about you know hopefully i can get this done and without too much regulation that's what most people care about i mean most people care about whether or not they're going to be able to get a new car this year and what clothes they're going to be able to put their kids in and you know what are they going to have for dinner and are we going to be able to go out this weekend and i mean it's all those simple things that we all deal with and they want to do it with as little hassle as possible our guest is brad kloppenstein he's the former libertarian nominee for lieutenant governor uh runs the Antelope Club now, does WIBC quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm curious, when you interact with people, do you do they open up to you right away, or is it like something, because you're a very likable guy, you know? Like, do you have to, you know, pry information out of people? Because I don't think most people at the Antelope Club, like, they're there to talk, right? They are. And so, you know, it, people like to interact, and it doesn't matter whether it's the Antelope Club or it could be any bar around here. People like to know the the person who's in charge, and you know, and, and be on a first name basis. It, it's interesting in politics. People that haven't met me, there are people that have venom aimed at me, and I'm like, really? You, you've never even met me. How do you know it? But then on the other end, there's people that have this curiosity of, tell me more about libertarians. Why do you, you know, why do you sure. believe this? Why don't you believe this? You know, how can we work together? And, you know, and even at the state house, I've done a little bit of lobbying over there. And it's it's kind of been both sides of that. Either people are like, you're not in my party. I got to hate you. It's It must be written in stone somewhere. And there's others that are like, you're better than the other guys. You know, let's talk. Okay, so there was, uh, there was a governor's debate the other night. Right. Our friend Rex Bell participated in that. Um, they should have let me moderate this debate because I've interviewed all three candidates in long-form uh, interviews. They did not ask me, though. Um, you should be moderate. I should debates. be. I'm so moderate. <laughs> I'm just the most moderate guy out there. Um, Holcomb is a bad candidate, is he not? Yeah. Eric Holcomb's a good guy. He's I know, a nice guy, but I, I he's a bad candidate. Of, he's in an awkward position where he's kind of the incumbent, but he's only been lieutenant governor for two or three months. He's only been on the ballot for a month. So he's trying to run on both the Pence record and the Mitch Daniels record, but you can't get too far out there because, frankly, he I would presume that he's ahead right now, even though I know the Greg people say that they're ahead. But, yeah, he still does kind of need to introduce himself. I mean, you and I know him because insiders yeah. in politics have known him as being Republican sure. state chair. Um, and other, I think he was Dan Coates. He's done it all. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's just not been out front before. He, he's the nonviolent Frank Underwood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but he needs to do a better job of introducing himself. And I think he probably does need to be a little livelier because he, he's prone to being attacked right now. Fortunately, all three candidates for governor, I was very impressed Monday night. Did you go or did you just watch? Uh, I, I, I watched and listened and then did commentary afterwards. Because um, I know you were on IBC right. giving your opinion. 
Yes. Uh, but all three candidates have been very cordial to each other. They have not attacked. The national campaigns could take a, a, a lesson out of Indiana politics and say, you know what? We don't have to keep attacking each other to get our point across. Because Greg has zero ideas, too, right? I mean, he's got nothing. He's, he's, he, oh. His whole thing was, I'm not Mike Pence, right? Yeah, I'm not Mike Pence, and oh, yeah, I'd like to spend a lot of money that we might not have. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, 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 I'm so floored watching these debates because I think Holcomb's got nothing other than let's just keep going and I like to shoot baskets I like to drive around the country and shoot baskets Gray's got nothing and I think the guy with the best ideas right now is Rex Bell Rex Bell certainly the only one talking about shrinking government and towing the line everybody else wants to talk about how much more we're going to spend so you've got John Gregg who wants to spend a lot more you've got Eric Holcomb who wants to spend just a little bit more and Rex Bell saying we don't need to spend anymore is the problem with Rex he's such a Comes off like your uncle. Like, does that problem with people? People don't take him serious. Rex has accomplished the one thing that nobody ever thought could be accomplished. He has out folksied John Gray. <laughs> it, but it plays for him. Rex Bell, I mean, Rex Bell holds the record for best third place finish in a legislative race when he ran for state representative. He got like 25%. Um, he actually ran for Congress against Luke Messer. Yep. He also has the distinction of being the only third party candidate in the country to win precincts in a three way race for Congress. And he won three or four precincts out around Hagerstown. He's a great, he's a great candidate. I would imagine that if you put Holcomb and Greg and Bell and you said you all three are going to come up and shake this undecided voter's hand that without party identification or anything, Rex wins that. He win. does win. The, the problem he has is he needs to meet four million people one-on-one. Yeah. yeah, when he meets one-on-one, he sells them. Yeah. But it, it's hard with, you know, it, his budget is probably going to be $10,000 or so. That's for this, amazing, this isn't it? it? It And, you know, when you're talking about millions of dollars for Greg and Holcomb, it's just hard to get the name ID out there and hard to get the familiarity with the voters. Is that one of the things you guys struggled with? I mean, look, $10,000 barely gets you gas to drive around the state for four or five months, well, right? It, almost all, in fact, all of our donations come in from individuals. If, if, you, if PAC money was removed from the process, yeah. we would be competitive. Yeah. But oftentimes, you know, you'll see a lot of PACs that will donate money to both sides only because they're trying to buy influence as opposed to supporting candidates that they that they support. All right, so what's a good number for Rex? What is it, 8%, 10%? I, in this year, I, Libertarians are going to do well. There's no doubt about it. I I think a, a solid number is 8. I think you could clear 10. Bad number would be 4 or 5. Because um, Rupert was 4, and that was amazing. Rupert was 4, and I went back and looked. I actually went to the State Library after our run. So at 4%, that was the best third-place finish in Indiana in 96 years. That's the Socialists amazing. got like 4.5% in 1916. Congratulations. Thanks. So, so Rex now can exceed the Socialists of 100 years ago, <laughs> and we'll have to go back further to see what the next biggest mark is. So, I mean, there is some sig historical significance to this, but frankly, we are in this to win and win voters over. And while we're, we keep growing, we need – you know, the whole point is to win these offices. Yeah, I got our guest is Brad Kloppenstein with the uh, Antelope Club. But perhaps best known was the lieutenant governor nominee for the Libertarian Party in uh, 2012. Um, okay, so let's talk about Pence getting picked as the VP choice. You know, I love Trump. I'm a Trump guy. Yes. Trump creates chaos. 
And that's what I do. I create <laughs> chaos. I love it. Um, I think the Republican Party needs a lot of chaos because they're a bunch of liars for the most part. So chaos, you want to start running red lights and <laughs> driving on the left side oh, of no. the street? Oh, but... no. I, I, I obey all the laws because there's too many people who would like to uh, write me citations. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, am I wrong that the Republican Party, they sell a bunch of goods to people every uh, couple years when they run and then they go there and they don't do any of it? Well, as far as Pence, this is fantastic for Pence because he was facing an iffy re-election bid. He now gets to run for vice president. He's running with Donald Trump. If Donald loses, they're not going to blame Mike Pence for this. So he set himself up to possibly be the nominee four years from now if Trump loses. Um, or if Trump wins, he gets to be vice president. That's win-win given that he was possibly facing a loss. Yeah, I was so upset when he picked Pence. And you know how the Pence people are. They're very protective, and they get very mean to you, even if you're – you can believe somebody's not the best choice but not be anti that person. I wanted Gingrich because Gingrich is a chaos person too. He's a grenade thrower. I said, let's <laughs> Chris, just – Christie would have been a grenade. Let's burn the Clintons to the ground in one election cycle. Then we picked this guy. I, I don't know. Have you ever met Pence? Yes, I have. What 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 are your thoughts? You know, a very nice man. What what you see is what you get. I could not possibly imagine him having a bad word to say about anyone. And my guess is he's never cursed in his life. Um, you so, think? Do you think he would have a beer with you? Because I don't think he drinks, right? I don't think he drinks. And actually, that was my one concern four years ago. That it, my understanding was when he was in Congress. He basically had a staffer sign a pledge that says you're not allowed to drink alcohol while you're employed here, and it's like, all right, this could be this could be bad for the Antelope Club. This is going to be bad for business. So, it, you know, if if he's got a negative, it's that his inner circle is so tight that, like Riffra, if they would have yeah. had a guy like me yeah. in their inner circle raising his hand in those meetings saying, "Are you sure you want to do this? Have you thought about the other side of this?" And he does not have that guy. He wants people that buy in that are the hardcore social conservatives sure. because this is the agenda we're going to push. Now, uh, I've always found the thing with Pence, too, is he's really good on speaking. He's oh, a yeah. great speaker. I'm not sure he has any interest in actually implementing the things he speaks about, which well, is the key to good government. You know this. It's all implementation. Well, he did what you do for a number of years yeah. on his radio. I mean, he was... He was a precursor to the Greg Garrison show, and he did a great job. That's how he, he had his name ID, because while he ran for Congress. Yeah, lost. Phil Sharp, I think, yeah. and lost. Um, I, told, I told him when I interviewed him in May, I said, you're, you're the last hope for broadcasters. You're our last hope to do something great. I met with him when he was a congressman out in D.C. He actually had, in his office, he had microphones and the whole thing set oh, up yeah. so that he could patch right in and do live radio interviews without it sounding like he's on the phone, like he's live in studio. So he still considered himself a broadcaster, even when he was out in Washington. Would you have picked Pence? I understand why I did it. Trump needed to give a nod to Republicans just because Trump was it, and still in danger of losing the base. Yeah. And so if he would have chosen somebody who would have been like a celebrity or something, he completely would have lost the Republican base. Yeah. So he kind of had to, but I don't think Trump necessarily wanted to do it. You know, Trump told me I was terrific. He told me I was terrific. That he wished every interview could Did be just like... Did he say you're like, huge? He said I, I Rob, wish, you're <laughs> huge. You're terrific. He said he wished every interview could be just like the one that we were having. <laughs> it was it was so great. Um, all right. So let's shift gears here um, to this U.S. Senate race. They are jamming up my... Chicago Cubs games with their stupid commercials, and I'm sick of it. I we interviewed Todd Young on yesterday's show, 
And I wanted to tell him, stop ruining the Cubs games for me. Every ad is Evan Bayh and Todd Young. Apparently they think all Indiana voters are watching the Cubs this year. My question is, what does Baron Hill get out of this? <laughs> I mean, clearly, if you're the nominee, you could basically say, up yours, Democratic Party. Yeah. I'm the nominee. I'm not dropping out. He was promised something big. Yeah. Um, but clearly, the Democrats thought that this was a seat that they could regain, and they might. I mean, it seems to be a toss-up, but there's going to be a lot of money flowing through that race. So if you just wait till the Cubs are in deep into the playoffs, and yeah, that's going to be every other ad. I mean, we talked with Young about this. Uh, it's laughable that that uh, Evan Bayh still pretends as though he didn't leave Indiana, right? Right. Uh, Which he frankly was never here. I mean, he grew up in D.C. when his dad was senator from Indiana. He was back here for eight years when he was governor. Yeah. But really, since then, he's been gone, and which it, it's not unusual. Anybody who's been in D.C. for any period of time typically doesn't have a lot of roots back home, wherever home originally was. But Evan Bayh in particular is, I mean, he's no, he's no more of a Hoosier than I am a Floridian. And I said this, this is somebody the other day, this race is laughable because you got Bayh, who's uh, touting his kids up in uh, local sports teams shirts. I I thought that was kind of glaring. And yeah, one of them's wearing an Indiana State t-shirt. Kids that go to Indiana State don't wear Indiana State t-shirts. The other one's wearing a Pacer jersey. And we know that he's probably a Wizards fan. That's right. So, uh, but then on the other hand, you've got Todd Young. And I said, Todd Young is like uh, Joe Swanson from Family Guy. That super overzealous guy at everything he does. <laughs> Yay, sports, I'm the best. Yay, politics, I'm the best. Yay, military service, I'm the best. Has he mentioned he's a Marine? You know, uh, I think he just almost embraced the character of this whole thing now. Like, you know, this race is a is a clown show at this point, right? Well, and Rob, whenever you get to that level of politics, and you've seen this, all these candidates, and especially any of the good, successful ones, are so overhandled and overmanaged. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they almost become a caricature of themselves. Yeah. And at some point, I do wonder, and, it, and I think that Dick Luger might have ran into this problem where you forgot who you were. Yeah. And yeah, you, you're you're so handled and massaged, and people tell you you're great, and they, you know, it suddenly you forget everything that made you you. You know, the other thing is, and they're, they're he's getting a free pass on this. Bai is running to replace a guy who was by Dan Coates didn't live in Indiana when he ran for the Senate again. What? And he's listed as some revered great Hoosier politician. How is Young getting a free pass on that? I've wondered that myself. Just yeah, <laughs> uh, frankly, yeah, that Senate seat. Lucy Brinton, heck, she at least I know has lived here over the last twenty years. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and I, it's to me that floors me that, and we've had Coates on the show. He's a nice guy, but he didn't live in Indiana, and there was a video of him saying that North Carolina was his home. Right. Well, didn't he have to change his voter yeah, registration back to Indiana right. to be able to run? And yeah, you're right. I mean, that was that was one where everybody scrambled. Although, and it was awkward when By stepped down because he did it with what a day yeah. to fill the seat, and I mean. But isn't it a sense, and again, this is why you're great, because you sit and talk to people while they're drinking alcohol all day, so you get a good semblance of what they actually think about things. Isn't it, aren't we to blame ourselves, though? We've created this system by revering these politicians like, oh my gosh, the senator is here. Oh my gosh, the, the U.S. rep is here. That we put these people on these pedestals when they work for us. It, it's true. It's the Kardashian-ing of America. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, that's, that's a great but, point. It, but yes, it, it's the reality TV, we, which you would think that 
you can get information from an infinite number of sources now. You would think that celebrity would actually be getting better as far as people not caring. It seems to be getting worse, and I don't understand this. I mean, now that you mention it, I was bragging to somebody yesterday the number of people that are on the ballot that have been in the Antelope Club this right. year. Now, do you guys do the thing where you have people sign the photo of themselves and say, to Brad, thanks for the great hospitality? No, we don't, because we treat them like everybody else. And I'm like, <laughs> Senator, will you go get me a beer since you're up? So, but so you're not like the Vogue where there's 10,000 photos on the no, wall of no, I mean, George, George Bush was here? Or... We, we do kind of treat everybody the same. But, I mean, so I'm just thinking in this year we've had one presidential candidate. We've had, let's see, two of the three candidates for U.S. Senate. I know Susan Brooks was in there last night. Do they announce that they're there? Um, no, nah, not generally. It depends. I mean, Todd Young's in there a lot for lunch just – Having lunch. Yeah. And, and I was going to ask you, because didn't Pence come give some big spiel yeah. when he was running for governor at your place? Yeah, uh, he spoke. And some of this, the uh, downtown GOP club meets there. So yeah. they'll bring special guests in. So Spent, Pence has spoken to them. How bipartisan of you to allow them to have their meetings there? I, I invited them. Like I say, I want to reach out. I want that to be a political It's spot. good for business. It is good for business. Yeah. And so, you know, when they bring 30 or 40 young Republicans in, Half those people have joined to become man- members of the Antelope Club, and they, they come in more than once a month now and just kind of hang out. Or we did a, a fundraiser for Dave Frizzell there yesterday. Uh, the Marion County Libertarians meet in there. So, I mean, I'll take all comers. If, if the Democrats were a little bit more organized, I'd love to have one of their groups coming in. <laughs> okay. Uh, end of the day, November 9th, we're going we're gonna to be talking. All right. Are, who are we going to see as president? Man, I don't know. I, can, I think Trump's going to probably carry Indiana. Um, but who's president? It's looking more and more like it might be Clinton. Um, th- that's very alarming to hear you say that. He's winning Ohio. Yeah. Trump is winning Ohio. I just I think he's gotten every possible voter he's going to get. I think his his support can only erode from here forward. Um, I think Gary Johnson still has a potential to pick up, but if he's not in the next two debates, I, I hate they to should say let it. him debate, right? They, they should let him in one of the debates, right. if for no other reason than to break up sure. the other two. Because I was bored after 30 minutes of the last debate. Oh, it was horrible. For a guy like me who's looking for small government, both Trump and Clinton in their opening statements, one of them talked about how much they're going to grow government and make it big. The other one talked about how much they're going to grow government and make it really big. Yeah. it's uh, Johnson would make the debate better. I think it would be better for Trump, too, because it would – tone down his craziness it would I, I actually think trump you're right would would not be so bombastic and interrupting and it, that would probably serve him well to have somewhat of a stabilizing uh, face on that stage now i've got to vote for one libertarian every cycle that's sort of my deal if there's one okay. qualified libertarian that's my bone to the libertarian uh party so i've already got uh, i've got tr- trump out of the way right i've got trump out of the way i've got you know i'm on the trump the trump bandwagon okay you're so on that the train. Le- that leaves the rest of the ballot for me to pick from the libertarians uh and i know you're not super familiar with the hendricks county but uh give me a libertarian who is the libertarian that i should throw my uh, my token libertarian vote behind rex bell Absolutely. No why should it. I? Why should I give Rex my very valuable vote? Because he is on the short list. Look, Rex Bell, salt of the earth. He's been a business owner for forty-two years. I, you always know where Rex Bell is going to stand. Rex Bell is going to say, "You know how to live your life better than I do, so I'm going to let you do it." And he's not going to waver from that. 
Brad, uh, you're a great guy. We love the political insight, love all you do, and uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's conversation, a couple different ways you can check out the podcast. One, we are now on SoundCloud. If you just search Central Indiana today, you can uh, give us a follow, and you can get the shows coming right to your smartphone or tablet. You can also find us on our website at wyrz.org. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.